Cool, blimey, governor. <laughs> Hello, darling. Get out of my pub. We have just come back from London. <laughs> London town. I hope you've missed us as much as we've missed you. We've really missed you. Welcome to the show. Woohoo! Oh, Jen, I'll tell you what, that was a lovely, lovely week away. I really missed doing the podcast. It got to Monday last week and I thought, oh no, we don't have to what do that this week. What am I doing week. with my life? Yes. Well, not what am I doing with my life. I've got plenty to do. Thank tell you, you what you were doing. You were nobbing around London, weren't you? I was. I had a lovely time, as many of you will have seen. Oh, yes. Instagram is flooded with uh, pictures of our adventures, but we had a fantastic time. Just to name a few, went to see Back to the Future musical. Back to the Future the musical that obviously we can't post pictures of because we weren't allowed to take any, but how amazing was it? Yeah, it was, it was the best. Uh, I did You're the Worst with a brilliant actor called Roger Bart, and uh, I said to him at the time, I'd love to see you again. And uh, little did I know that he would be performing as Emmett Doc Brown in Back to the Future, the musical. And he sorted us out some tickets, didn't he? Oh, wow. We had beautiful seats in the stalls. And he was just so like him, wasn't he, from the film? He was so like, what's the actor? Christopher that, Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. And the guy that played Marty was, I mean, they were all excellent. So, guy, much, so energy much energy required for that show. I, I can't believe it. And they do eight shows a week. And it reminded me, I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm built for that. Well, you're built for more like one show a week and then a couple of naps during the day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy to tell you all that sitting in the cold for the last couple of months has actually paid off. Well, hey, literally, <laughs> literally, literally paid off. However... We miserable. We damn miserable. <laughs> it is freezing. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm absolutely fine in my tracksuit, dressing gown, my socks, my slippers and my coat. In the bed. <laughs> in bed. <laughs> so, Jen, what have we got in store on today's return show? I'd like to say thank you to everybody who responded to the Ask Us Anything post on Instagram. Oh, yeah, there's some quite valuable stuff. Attributed there. It was really good, really good things to think about. And I love the idea of having a guest on. I've just got to work out who and how to do it because, anyway, blah, blah, blah. And just as a heads up, just to give you a pre warn, if you fancy tuning in, (laughs) what are you laughing at? Pre warn. (laughs) Pre warn. If you fancy tuning in, uh, Monday the 6th of March. What are we are, doing, mate? What are we doing? We're doing an Instagram Live with Charlie King from Blue Bell Events in oh, LA. Over in LA. She is one of my, uh, well, she's a lovely person. She's one of my good friends from LA. And she is an amazing wedding and events planner out there. And she was like, come on my talks and we'll chat about the podcast. So that's happening Monday the 6th of March at 8pm our time and 12pm uh PST, Pacific something time. Psst. <laughs> Psst. Uh, so yeah, tune in for that if you can. Right, so Jenster, going back to our trip to London. Oh yes. One thing that uh, did gather my interest that hasn't really done before mm-hmm. is the, the history of London. Because I lived there for like 15 years. When you live somewhere, mm-hmm. you seem to overlook the whole tourist element of that town wherever it is i lived near central london for a long long time and i'd never done the the stuff that we did the other day yeah well fred and i went to uh see the transport museum in london and i was fascinated by how they they built the tube network 
Yeah. I, I thought that was fascinating. Because you think, you think, how did it, how did the tube get made? At one cut time, and cover, mate. Cut and cover. Cut and cover. Well, I Tell mean, I'm sure Jen. lots of people know already, but they, well, they flattened whole streets of houses, of course, to create room, and then they would dig a deep trench. Right. And then what they would do is they would then cover this trench with a semicircle brick tunnel. And then they would flatten out the ground on top and recover it again. I just thought that was really clever engineering. And then they could just, then they built the tracks in afterwards underneath. And obviously back then, when was it? Like 1870s the... or something. Right. So they didn't have the, the machinery that is available now. So what no. is it? Just a couple of blokes and with, the, with a spade? <laughs> I think it was more than a couple. Lots of people with spades. <laughs> But, I mean, what's what's fascinating is that all of those people that they dehoused, that they dislocated during smashing all this... Relocated? Dislocated. It means like... They just took their houses away. Where did those people live? They had absolutely no obligation to rehouse those people. What, because they didn't own the land? I don't know why, but I just they just they were just left. They were like, well, right, we're knocking your house down. Sort yourself out. Whoa. Right, I'm going to lighten things up with another segment of Crimpy's Tank. What, you don't want to talk tubes cut and cover anymore? No. <laughs> Roll the jingle. Ever had a really dumb idea? So dumb. Ever had a dumb idea? That's Crimpy's Tank. Ooh. Welcome to another episode of Crimpy's Tank. This is a good one. And I think you will invest. Okay, okay. This, okay. Is, this is following... Freddie's favourite place to go in London last week was M&M World. He'd done brilliantly at school recently and we said, right, have a little bit of pocket money here and you can go in and you can get some M&Ms. And he was, he was literally a kid in a sweet shop. Um, <laughs> he literally, literally was. was. Literally was. Um, and he was going around and, of course, if you haven't been to M&M World, there's an awful lot of M&Ms in there. It's like six floors or something six ridiculous. Six floors of uh, every single colour and flavour and size and, and all, all the merchandise. All the merch that goes along. I mean, do you want some M&M pyjamas? You can have them. You can have them. You, you got everything from a mug to a garden trowel <laughs> with a with a with an M&M uh, on it. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, in America they have Reese's World as well, Reese's yeah. Pieces and all those kind of things. And it made me think. Go on. I have an idea for drum roll. Hang on. Crisp World. Ah. Now. What? <laughs> what? Don't get sceptical. I haven't even started yet. Crisp World. Let me set out the rules of Crisp World. Set okay. out the rules. Now, as a huge Crisp fan, also in America they call it a chip, but I'm not calling it Chipland. <laughs> Chipland's not. Chipland's a totally different thing. No. Crisp World, mm -hmm. okay, you go in and you've got the, I don't know, just... The top four crisp manufacturers in the world Ooh. combined to make one giant land of crisps. Okay. Okay. And as with M&M World, you have tubes going vertically mm -hmm. all the way around the store. You pick up your bag mm -hmm. and you go, oh, what do I want? And you create your own flavor sensation. Okay, so okay. you're like, well, obviously I'm going to have a few monster munch in the bottom of there. Pickled onion flavour. So it's like Goes a pick into your bag. Mix. It's like a pick a mix. But you're not creating like you're because here's a good idea. Oh, are you stealing my? Oh, sorry. Chris? Sorry, are we are we collaborating? I've got now two on problem the... questions. Okay, okay, I, I may got... or may not have answers to these. Okay, okay. Hygiene. 
Terrible. Yeah. It's a COVID like, nightmare. It's a COVID nightmare. And the second is breakage, because crisps aren't going to roll out of those tubes as easily as M&Ms. Hmm. You're going to have a lot of breakages, mate. There's going to be a lot of crunching A lot of wastage. On. How about this? Advanced yeah. thinking. Okay. Okay. Everyone is given a Petri dish. Okay. Petri? No, a small Petri dish. Yeah, it's like yeah I know a what little, Petri dish is, but like, why a Petri dish? You can buy it, say, 10 quid for your Petri dish. 10 quid for your Petri dish? Yeah, and you're opening it up, and you can go along, and you can fill your Petri dish with different seasonings okay. from different crisps. Okay. And then people will just go around the store, licking their finger, and just having little dabs of uh, salty goodness. Right. So, hang on a minute. So, so like, another Ooh. COVID nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. People, people are licking Petri dishes. Is is terrible. I'm like, Petri dish implies some kind of sort of scientific genius, but no, it's just a vessel from which you can dab your finger. See, I'm, I'm okay. So, have you ever had a bag of salt and vinegar squares mixed up with cheesy Cheetos? Have you? No. Go to Crisp World, and that's your thing. <laughs> It's probably not going to surprise you, but I'm out. Why? I know one of these days I'm going to be in for one of your ideas, but for now, I'm out. Because I think it's unhygienic. I think it's like, I'd rather go to, the, I'd like to know what I'm getting when I go. I don't want like, how are you going to label it all? It's all just a big bag of crisps all smashed up, isn't no, it? No, <laughs> I'm out. That's Quimpy's tank. Ooh. Brilliant. So I failed again on, uh, I think that's two for two that you're not in on. So far. So Stay far, optimistic. Yeah, all right. I need what well, I need to. I need to find something that's actually a plausible idea. Well, we had the pod, and then we had Brilliant. Crisp World. Yeah, so yeah, it's both well, a hygienic disaster. <laughs> but listen, I uh, I don't know whether you've noticed, but I do talk about food quite a lot. Uh, you, you know, do. whether whether I'm doing a really naff idea in in Crisp World, mm-hmm. or um, I'm doing a segment of Chris's Culinary Corner. I yeah. have to back up my newfound love for food because since I've had this little period of unemployment, mm. right, I have, which is fine. It's an actor's life. I've got used to it and <laughs> it's it's okay. But I You're do, resting, darling. I Yeah, I'm resting. You're resting at the I'm moment. not. I can't rest. No. I'm not that kind of person. I can't just sit around and watch daytime TV all the time. However, really? what do you mean I, really? <laughs> All right, sometimes seem, I do. You seem quite happy when I came back watching Holmes Under the Hammer today. <laughs> it's a great show. Holmes Under the Hammer is a great show. I um, also recognise that you can't sit around doing anything. And the clue was in the, I think I might dismantle the spare bed, you said earlier to well, me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, the whole house is in the mess anyway, right? Can you not do that right now? Can you just, can we just... <sighs> I always just, go... I always act like, oh, I'm not working at the moment. Let's go and buy some paint. <laughs> like, like, he's like, oh, I think a nice royal blue will do. And I'm like, where's that going? <laughs> you've got you've to trust trust the process. It will be great in the end. And as our builder once said to us, you can't make an omelette without breaking some eggs yeah. before he destroyed our kitchen. <laughs> And the roof nearly fell in. What do you I mean the like, roof nearly fell in? The roof, the roof did, fall, did in. fall in. I mean, the roof fell in like 
properly fell in with all the rain and the weight of the water. He didn't just make an omelette there, did he? He's absolutely no. scrambling eggs all over our house. But I've really, I've really enjoyed uh, with my with my to do list that I write daily. You know, uh, most of the time it's oh, I'll read this script or work on that audition or or uh, plan your trip when you go away and stuff like that if I'm not working Mm -hmm. it's usually like (laughs) it's usually like wipe the kitchen counter make my bed actually I saw one the other day um on Chris's list it was very sweet um he put kiss Jen and a little box that was empty ready to tick well you don't notice this but I have kiss Jen uh every single day I put it on my list oh yeah which is very sweet not always lucky uh, with that one. Um, <laughs> You're very sweet. But uh, yeah, no. And instead of watching Homes Under the Hammer, and I know I got caught watching that today. Sorry, I just in my head. Excellent. But usually, in terms of comforting watching, I've started watching cookery programs. And Rick Stein, especially, is one of my all all time favourites. He's basically got food programmes going back to the early 80s mm-hmm. of him travelling the entire world, sampling the cuisine of local areas. Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful and comforting. And I just think there's, we're in a world where there's, you can easily go down a rabbit hole of too much like Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And you find yourself like wasting hours and hours of your life just scrolling. When you could be watching Homes Under the Hammer. You could be watching (laughs) Rick Stein's, uh, you know, Indian Odyssey. Anyway, Um, talking of going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I have. Is this a tenuous link? (laughs) (laughs) What have you got here? Uh, uh, What have you got? What have you got? I've got a scary story. (laughs) Is it anything to do with Indian cooking? No. No. Then and it's nothing it... to do with a rabbit hole. <laughs> so basically you've just gone, hang on, Chris is waffling Speaking on. Speaking of crisps. <laughs> Speaking of crisps, I'm going to tell you a horror story. Right, it better be about crisps or Indian food or I'm out. Well, it's not. <laughs> Surprisingly. All um, right, I'm in. Roll the jingle. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do it. Are you ready for Robert the doll? No. <laughs> now this is quite an incredible tale. I hope it's not too scary. I still want you to be able to sleep at night and in the morning. Okay, oh, I'm excited by this one. Do I know anything about this? I don't think you know anything about it. Oh. Now... I'm going to tell you, and you guys at home, wherever you're listening, um, about the most haunted doll that exists on the plane of this planet. Oh, my God. Right. Are you ready? Okay. Can we have some, like, scary music underneath? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Robert the doll. Oh. He's called Robert. Robert? No, no. Robert the doll was owned by the Otto family... This all takes place in Key West in Florida. Hmm. They do a mean pie down there. Do they? Yeah, key lime pie. Key lime pie, that's where it's from, is it? I didn't know that. Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least at least we had a go. At least we had a go. Okay, cue the cue the scary music. Cue the scary music. Go. So Do like a little bit of a spooky voice. Like, ooh, I'm telling a story. So I'm telling a story. So the doll first came into the Otto family when Jean was only three years old. 
Gene named the doll after himself, Robert, because Robert was his first name, but everybody called him Gene. So that's the first awkward thing to get over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And it was said that he got this doll from his grandfather, who'd visited Germany back in 1903. And it was the trend at the time to gift dolls to people that were almost an effigy of themselves. So you might, for the person to receive it, so it almost looked like him, it looked like the little boy. So it was a really large doll made by the Steiff Company or the Steve Company, you know, um, who were known for... Teddy bears. For teddy bears. And do you know why they were named teddy bears, by the way? No. After Roosevelt. Oh, yes, I had heard that before. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. So Robert the doll was 40 inches tall or a metre tall, or is a metre tall, because he's still around. He's still knocking about. Yep. Shit. He's dressed in a sailor suit, which is most likely part of Jean's wardrobe. They think they found photographs of Jean wearing the sailor suit, which he then obviously put on the doll. This doll is scary looking. His face is quite worn away now, but he resembles a jester and was most likely used as part of a shop window display in Germany where he was bought. So he was too large to be sold as a sort of general doll. He was an extra large doll that was probably used as part of a window display. Okay. Anyway, he looks really odd. He's got beady eyes and worn out features and his skin is like all pitted and he's stuffed with wood wool. Are you going to put a picture in the show notes? No, because I don't want to be cursed. No. <laughs> Go and look it up yourself. Anyway, Jean loved this doll, right? It became his constant companion, which he would take everywhere with him. So young Jean would often shift blame onto the doll claiming that Robert did it. You know, at first, his family were a bit like, come on, you know, it's not Robert, is it? It's you. But many occasions speak of the sinister vibes from Robert the doll. Many reports from Jean's parents at the time would state that they heard Jean talking to someone when they knew nobody else was in the house, and yet they could hear somebody answering back. People claim he changed his facial expressions, giving the impression that the doll was actually listening to them. Uh. So this one particular case of Robert the doll misbehaving that is pretty much universally reported across all of the sources on the internet that I could find is pretty scary. One time in particular, Jean woke up in the night screaming and of course his mother and father ran to the room to see you know, to see what all the commotion was about. Um, but they couldn't get in. The door was like jammed it was like it was being pressed from the other side like somebody was against it (laughs) when they did finally get in all the toys and linen and clothes were everywhere the whole room was like in turmoil and Jean was sitting in the corner going Robert did it Robert did it and his parents actually believed him this time and they moved the doll upstairs to the attic right Yay! Oh my god! <laughs> Are you with me at the moment? Right, okay. So, no, I'm bloody terrified. I know, this is crazy. So, Robert the doll was then put into the turret room of the house. They have, If you actually look at pictures of this house on the internet, it's a really pretty house. Hang like, on, so rather than getting rid of it or going down the charity or, or something like that, they went, I oh, just put him in the loft. Yes, well, they, they didn't want to get, they, they couldn't get rid of him because Jean loved him. Like, Jean was really attached to him. Despite being scared by him, Jean wanted him in the house the whole time. It's very very weird. Anyway, so he was put in the turret room of the house. It's like a really pretty picture of this house, if you actually look at it online. Loads of passers-by would say that 
that they saw Robert move from different sides of the window. He shouldn't even have been in the window, like, but he was looking out, apparently. And many kids would dare each other to walk as close to the house as they could on the way home from school. You know, they'd dare each other to go by near the house with Robert the doll in it. So after his parents died, Gene returned to the family home and found the doll locked in the attic. And uh, much to his new wife, Anne's dismay, kept the doll close and reattached himself to it again because he felt a real connection to it. And Anne absolutely loathed it. She hated the energy. She hated everything about the doll. So back in the 50s, a plumber was working on the site. So this would be when Gene was now in his 40s. A plumber was working on the site and reported that he heard giggling from a room when he knew the family had left the house. And he, of course, he just assumed that they'd returned. But when he turned around, he noticed that no one was there and that Robert had moved from one side of the room to the other. Aww. It caused so many issues in their marriage and she hated it being around. And after he died in 1974, she moved away and she left it in the house after she sold it. She just left the, the doll in the house. So it's still in the same house. So the new owners... Myrtle and William Reuter moved in with their 10-year-old daughter. And apparently oh, no. she was delighted to find Robert in the attic and took great affection towards him. These oh. children tend to get very attached to it. They feel a real connection. After 20 years and similar episodes with Robert, Myrtle sold up but took Robert with her, thinking it was the house that was haunted. Oh. <laughs> He's still with me on this, yeah? But in 1994, she finally donated Robert to the Key West Art and Historical Society. She claimed that he was still moving around the new house by himself. Robert the Doll is now kept in the Fort East Martello Museum in Florida and can be seen by anyone who's prepared to visit him. However, when he first arrived, he wasn't put on display immediately because the staff were sceptical about the claims from Myrtle. But... Very soon, they started noticing a change in energy around the building. Robert would move. In the museum? Yep. So oh they just had him stored God. somewhere because they didn't believe the story, so they didn't think he was necessarily worth displaying because they didn't know if the stories were true and they couldn't Imagine prove them. Imagine if you worked there. Fuck that. So one night, <laughs> one night, they noticed that there was a, a stuffed toy missing from one of the other cases in the museum... And they found it in Robert's case. What? He, Robert he was, grabbed Robert, it? Robert was holding this bear. And they were like, pretty much, unless somebody had played a prank, but they're pretty sure they hadn't. He just They decided to leave this like bear in the case with him because he obviously wants company. So once he was put on exhibit, many cameras and electronic devices would malfunction, meaning that many visitors ended up with blank or blurred photos. Or even worse... Misfortunes befalling those that mocked him whilst they were there. So now, if you want to take a photo of Robert, it is purported, and there's also a sign warning you that you should introduce yourself and then ask his permission to take his photograph, otherwise bad things might happen to you. Wow. The house itself is now a bed and breakfast, and it's called the Artist House, um, because Eugene Otto was something of a reputed artist. And if you like to, you can experience a night in the turret room. Oh! <laughs> it's a hard pass for me. I thought you'd probably enjoy that. Wow! And the doll is said to have been the inspiration for the film Chucky. Oh, wow. I was about to say... Are they, Gulp, capital letters. Are they um, 
And that's that. That's amazing. Thank you for that terrifying story. But you know, you know that the, the Annabelle is based on a true story yeah. of a dolls. In fact, that, I think that's even scarier. But... Dolls and yeah, I think that they're up there. I mean, people say that the scariest things are now clowns, which I still find hilarious that we they were the basis of children's entertainment <laughs> when we were younger. It's like, oh, he's seven. Get him a clown. Yeah. Bloody terrifying. Yeah, um, a, a stranger dressed up like with white paint and a, a squeaky nose and big shoes. No, terrifying, yeah. isn't it? Rock, what is it with with you and an awful lot of people right now who mm-hmm. are just obsessed with the world of true crime? What is it? Um, that, that I mean, this is par- paranormal, paranormal activity. activity. Um, well, because you're, I suppose, you're thinking about how this could physically be possible or how these things could actually occur so i suppose that that's the fascinating thing it's exploring all the different avenues to wonder how have so many people come to this same conclusion about an inanimate object like a doll so i find that i just i'm i'm curious anyway thank you for that story jen it's a pleasure i think that was quite a successful return to the show jen <laughs> a successful return ep yeah and, uh, you know, we we missed you all last week, and I hope you missed us. Um, I think they did. I think they did. Listen, listen, your core group out there, <laughs> your, your, your podo lovers, the only podo that you need. Our hardcore listeners. And we love you. So uh, we'll say we'll see you next week, because we're now back on a weekly basis. We're back on a weekly basis, so I'd like to. It's time to uh, snuff out the candle. Just totally stole your one. <laughs> I just... You are so naughty. Ah. You're, you're a worded phrase thief. You've taken off my cardigan. He's wearing my cardigan, by the Yeah, way. you're wearing my dressing gown. I know. Well, you've taken it off. That must mean that you're okay now. God, they say romance is dead. Well, let's just wear each other's clothes. Good news, though. It's my birthday soon. Hey! So if you want to send me a card or a present, uh, email us at thegearsears at gmail.com. If you don't want to, just get in touch with us anyway. It's been lovely reconnecting with you all. It has. I've just got images now of Chris holding up his birthday card like a tent and trying to shake out any possible money that might be God, that was such a thing of the past. (laughs) I used to love it. I used to love opening it, waiting for the money to fall out. And then you get to a specific age and then... No one sends you money anymore, do they? My auntie Anne, Mm -hmm. brilliant. She used to send me the pound value of whatever age I was. Oh, so you knew exactly what you were going to get. I knew what was going on up until I was, uh, I think it was 16, she stopped. Oh, <laughs> no, I need yeah, to. Now, oh, God, you'd be lucky, lucky to, if the card arrived. Yeah, no chance, mate. No chance. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week with more fun and giggles and laughter. Plenty in 20. Send us, us any ideas that you want us to chat about, any things that you want us to review, chat about. Review? <laughs> Whoa, we do like movie reviews now <laughs> why not we do everything else we do a bit of everything that's what yeah. I like bit of you know what my dad always said to me you're a jack of all trades fingers in pies fingers, fingers in, in pies. pies he always said a master of none master of none all of that but then I am I can spin my hand to most things <laughs> just right we're gonna go <laughs> spin Jen's hand we'll see you next week <laughs> bye <laughs>